Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And uh, this week, I think we finally realized our solution to our bullpen problems, and that might <laughs> just be keeping our starters out on the mound the entire game. We don't need a bullpen. It's for losers. Yeah. <laughs> we we kind of needed one on Sunday, but... Oh, my no. gosh. We needed a better one. Jesus. No. Bullpens are for squares, like pants. <laughs> are pants for squares? You obviously had a very, very dull childhood, Nathan. But if a square wore pants, would it be like this, or would it be like this? I hate you more than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of <laughs> tech opponents have hated them these past few games, because the Bulldog baseball team has been on fire after oh, yeah. complete game shutting out in... Arkansas on Sunday, <laughs> last Sunday. That's complete, a word, right? Complete game shutting outing. Yes. <laughs> shutting outing. Tech went and beat Ole Miss. Not a complete game shutout, but close to one. Uh, only allowing one run. Then complete game shutting out in Tulane twice before this Sunday game that got almost a little out of hand. But first, let's talk about the Ole Miss game where Tech won 13-1 and with the starting pitcher who had never started for Tech before, Cade Gibson. Yeah, I mean, and also just to... To say for the record, Ole Miss, number four in the nation coming in to this game um, in Ruston. It's supposed to be a two-game series uh, midweek, but apparently they had some COVID issues that prevented them from playing the second game. Do you know any more about that, Nathan? Yeah, so that sounds like it doesn't make any sense. Like, if you know you have COVID issues, you'd cancel the first one and see if you're playing the second but really, most of their contact tracing stuff was in their bullpen and their pitching results. Oh, okay. So they only had enough pitching staff to play one game. The weather was going to be better on Tuesday than Wednesday. And also, it makes more sense to try to play on Tuesday in case something does happen weather-wise. You can bump it back and play it Wednesday. But it just so happened that the Tuesday game made more sense. So they just played the one game against Louisiana Tech. But in retrospect, I think they were just scurred. <laughs> scurred confirmed. Yeah, I mean, they also pitched six players in the in the game against us. So, I mean, that's... They used every active pitcher, yeah, more or less. Like, hey, we brought them. We might as well use them. But, um... Ole Miss did not look like a very good baseball team during this game. I'm not saying they're a bad team, period. But they did not look great. Yeah, and uh, a lot of that started out in the, in the bottom of the first inning when Tech literally started the game with four straight doubles. Um... <laughs> Young, Wells, Bates, and Netterville all hit doubles to start this game out. Um, so Tech takes a 3 nothing lead and a pretty great start there for Tech um, in the first well, inning. You, you got to love it. Yes, indeed. Just kind of to reiterate here, Ole Miss starts off poorly, and I don't think that they scored a run uh, until, good Lord, what, the fifth or sixth inning? Yeah, it yeah. was the sixth inning. They added I mean, that one well, run. I mean, they ended up with only six hits on the night. I, I don't know when those hits came. Obviously, some of them came in the sixth, but they just couldn't hit our guy. Yeah, I mean, Cade, Cade Gibson through five innings had just given up two hits. Um, and really, after that first inning for Tech, um, Ole Miss is pitching, you know, kind of batting down the hatches and, and shut Tech down a little bit too until that fifth inning when Tech was able to add some more runs. Nathan, you want to take us through what happened in that fifth? Yeah, it was almost kind of surprising because Tech starts the game so hot and just immediately cools off yeah. after getting those four doubles. But in that fifth inning, guess who starts the rally? It's the same guy who went off first in the first inning, Taylor Young. 
Tech ends up scoring four runs on four singles and a double, really kind of playing the small ball angle here. With no outs, bottom of the fifth, young singles, well singles, bait singles. So far, that just scores the one run. We have two men on now for a steal and interval who flies out, but then Garcia doubles down the left field line, and then Brantley singles the center field to score those last couple of runs in that inning. So Tech is up 7 nothing at this point in the game through five. And it gets and worse in the next inning. Yeah, you're right. It does. It feels like, okay, when are we going to blow for this? Them. Because For them. <laughs> yeah, gets much better as Tech fans. <laughs> Something we're not used to saying. Yeah, we're, we're fortunate, I guess. Ole Miss gets the one run immediately after Tech extends that lead to 7-0. And so it's like, okay, no, now they're cutting back into the lead. But it's still 7-1, so you can't feel too bad about it. But then in the bottom of the sixth, the score at the end of the inning is 11-1. But with, this is with two outs, right? No, with one out, Neville singles to right field, which scores Ray, advances Wells to third, and also scores Hassler. Just the base is kind of clear on the single from Netterville who then advances to second on a pass ball, and then that, he scores when Garcia doubles down the left field line on the next at-bat, and then the inning ends after Ben Brentley strikes out. So that, that yeah. 11th run comes based it, on good base running. Well, and and just mistakes by Ole Miss. You know, they, they weren't playing like the number four team in the country, no. even even just in the field. I mean, Ray they reached... three errors on the night. Ray, Ray tried to sack bunt. He he was the second batter of the inning. Hasler singled Hasler singled to start out the inning, and then Ray tried to get a sack bunt to get him in scoring position, and they just they just missed the throw. Right, they they bungled it. So Ray actually ends up getting to second base on a sack bunt. Um, <laughs> so um, you gotta you know, love and, it. Yeah. So that's I mean that's about as effective as a sack bunt could possibly be. Right. You not only moved the other guy into scoring position, you yourself are in scoring position now. Um, <laughs> it was the kind of night where when you start the game with four straight doubles, you know, eventually you're going to bunt for one as well. Yeah. <laughs> I was it's waiting for, That's not a double, but still. I was waiting for the bunt inside the park home run. <laughs> but soon, soon, I'm sure. Yeah. And, I mean, and 11 that's... runs were scored. Eventually one of them's got to be through that. <laughs> and that's uh, earlier you mentioned there was one out, Nathan. You were right, actually, in contradicting yourself. There were two outs for all of the runs scored in this inning. And, you know, they had a pass ball that scored an unearned run. They they just looked off. The whole team, really, Ole Miss looked off. And I'm sure they're a much better team than we think they are from this one, you know, this one night. But Tech looked dominant. And coming off of that 2 to nothing win over the number one team in the country, I mean, gosh. I don't know that I've ever felt better about tech baseball than I did on Tuesday night. To be fair, this is probably the most involved we've ever been. Uh, but, uh, well, well, me and Evan, <laughs> me and Evan, at least. Yeah. I've but, paid attention uh, anyway. I haven't watched every game like I have this year though. So you're not a true fan, but, uh, it was fun to, uh, pretend that we were the number four team in the country yes. uh, on Tuesday. That's what it we, felt like. We sure but, looked I mean, like it. The real issue here is what, is Ole Miss as good as we thought they were going to this game? Did they deserve that number four? And probably not. But and for what it's worth, Ole Miss did go on to sweep Auburn um, after losing to us. So and that's where I was going with this because I was talking with Courtney about this uh, during the game, and, and I would say after, but the game lasted so long because Tech couldn't stop scoring. It was mostly during. <laughs> we love that problem. But we went in go- saying, "Hey, look, they just lost to ULM the game before this. Then they get blown up by Tech. Are they really?" even a top 25 team, but 
Ole Miss started the year by by sweeping the State Farm College Baseball Showdown at the Rangers Ballpark, beating number 16 TCU, number 6 Texas Tech, and number 12 Texas. And then kind of they have a couple weird losses to Central Florida, and then they have that loss to ULM. But like, yeah, you just said they opened up SEC play by sweeping Auburn, including the last game on Sunday that was 19 to 11 as the final <laughs> well, score. Jesus. That was an exciting game. How long was that game? Yeah, they scored 19 <laughs> runs, and Tech held them to one. With our yeah. relief pitcher making his first start, I I feel a lot better about this program after the weekend than I did after the Ole Miss game. I felt like it was a kind of a false confidence kind of thing. Like, okay, yeah, we took one from Arkansas and then we sw- like beat the pants off a team that's overrated. Uh, they can't actually be that good. And then we swept Tulane and Ole Miss swept Auburn. So I feel a lot better about this game in retrospect. Yeah. What I would hate is for us to have come out of the gate, well, not really come out of the gate, but have these string of really good victories and all of a sudden start falling off. That's kind of why I am a little anxious to see the uh, the upcoming game we have. Yeah, I mean, there's been some chatter on the message boards about, you know, should we really be be letting our guys pitch complete games at this point when our bullpen is the weakness and we need them to get pitches to get experience and we don't want to burn our guys' arms out. And it's like, best case scenario we're hoping that we can host a regional this year right we got to win some freaking games and however you can win the games you got to win them and also with the with the new model coming up to one guy's gonna pitch on friday night and then he's not gonna pitch again until the next friday night so he's got a full week to recover you're not like pitching a guy on wednesday but i mean in college baseball at least typically your friday night guy only pitches on friday nights and so on yeah yeah but that a week off is i mean i I'm not athletic at all, so I'm speaking at a turn, but a week off for a 19, 20, 21-year-old kid pitching ball sounds like plenty of time to recuperate. Yeah, but also the pitch counts just kind of going through them. Like Cade Gibson threw 103 against Ole Miss. Fincher only threw 90, was under 100 pitches in his nine That's innings excellent. against Tulane. That's fun. It's excellent. Yeah. Ryan Jennings, questionably 119 pitches by the end. He was kind of struggling, if I remember right, at the very end there. There was some doubt. But, I mean, Jarrett Worf only pitched six innings and also threw 99 and we had a a whole wealth of relievers after him the issue wasn't that i think that these guys were throwing too long the issue was is that they were throwing too good and you can't take them out if they're pitching that well well he's got a complete game through the ninth and he only has one hit let's pull him yeah exactly that yeah you lose your locker room over that kind of stuff yeah you can't but yeah let's talk about one of those complete game shutouts the first game in the two-lane series uh, Tech basically opens up the game where you think it might be a high-scoring one because Young singles and then Wells hits him to third and then Young scores on a fielder's choice. So we have a run score to the top of the first before Tulane even comes to bat. It's kind of weird playing on the road again. Tech also makes some noise in the fifth. Taylor Young gets a full count two-out walk and then steals second and then Hunter Wells hits a single that takes Taylor Young back to the plate. And that's it for the bats. Just those two runs right there. But that ended up being one more run than they needed because of Jonathan Fincher who we should probably devote a lot of time talking to because he spent a lot of effort on Friday night clear, shutting out the green wave. It's not Jonathan Fincher. I knew you'd have a name. What is it? It's a very simplistic and almost too obvious one. Jonathan Pitcher. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> However, Jonathan Fincher, the pitcher or Jonathan miniature pincher. Uh, I haven't decided. I'm still I'm dabbling in some other options. But yeah, Jonathan Pitcher. He had a great game. Absolutely, he did. Uh, well, great's probably underselling it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard to imagine a better game. Well, it's hard I mean, to he imagine was... 
one hit away from a no hitter. One hit, one hit, and one hit by pitch away from a perfect game. Yeah, no one, walks. Yeah, that, Did I? That, wow. Yeah, yeah I, I'm looking at that box score now. One hit by pitch. I mean, he, if you take he, away two pitches, if you take away just two pitches, yeah, he faced. That's crazy. He faced 29 batters. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> Holy hell, that's incredible. Yeah, it's a reason why he's our Friday night starter, and that's it right here. He's a left-handed, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah, I think he is left-handed. But, I mean, I don't know the statistics on this, but I feel like left-handed pitchers are some of the best pitchers there are. Oh, oh man, the hit-by-pitch came in the third on a 1-2 count. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) two pitches away. Two pitches away. And and the, the hit came in the fifth. So, man... But regardless, let's let's not bemoan what could have been. Hey, a one hitter facing twenty nine <laughs> batters. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's ninety five pitches insane. to win the game, a complete game with one hit. Oh man, only four strikeouts too. So so great fielding from the team. Yeah, too. absolutely. Had a hell of a game. And it's Tulane. Like Tulane's not the best team this year. Their, their RPI is eighty. I mean, that's still pretty good. But Tulane's a historically great baseball program. Yeah. We have another great pitching performance between the two, and this time it's Ryan Jennings. Uh, Tech doubles their run total in this game from two runs the game before to four games on Saturday. But other than that, you mean runs? Four runs runs on Saturday. Thank you very much. And Tulane doubles their hit total to two. (laughs) Hit total in this game, yeah. Yeah. How'd that go? Not quite as well. Jennings also watched two batters and hit two others. So, I mean. They got what they deserved. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine him saying it, trying to see him say it like Joaquin Phoenix does in Joker. That'd be great. Have you guys seen that movie? <laughs> no. I have, but I'd love to hear an impression. I would, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, Nathan will appreciate this more because he's seen the movie. I'm just trying to imagine uh, Jennings up on the mound saying, I'll tell you what you get. You get what you fucking deserve and throws the pitch right at the <laughs> Regardless, uh, much like Fincher, uh, Jennings had himself a hell of a game. Yeah, and and both pitchers really did to start out with. It was a perfect game for both guys through three innings, nine up, nine down on both sides. Uh, kind of seemed like nothing much was going to happen in this game uh, for a while. Yeah, eventually something did, though. Tech made some <laughs> noise in the fourth inning, but not really much. Like, again, these are small ball things. Maybe so, but... I. Baseball can, you know, in basketball, you talk about game of runs. Uh, in baseball, really, all you got to do is get a couple guys on base, make a little noise. It doesn't need to be every inning. That would be fun. But as long as you can get one or two guys across, if you got pitchers like this, it's great. What I worry about is long term viability of our pitchers throwing complete games every week. Yeah, but if our pitcher's in a position to throw a complete game every week, I'll be extremely happy. <laughs> yeah, especially with our bullpen. Yeah, but, sure. Um, but, but eventually, that's not going to happen. Right. And and once we get into these four-game weekend series and conference, I mean, that's going to be uh, interesting, to say the least, because, you know, the bullpen's going to get a lot more work. Yeah. So before we preview those, let's talk about the Sunday game real quick, because this was really, I guess, the interesting one out of all of yeah, them. Yeah, it was super exciting. Yeah, it's so exciting that I didn't quite finish the notes for it. But <laughs> Worf's on the mound this time. You kind of think, okay, we had two pitching shutout dominant performances we have the guy whose last time he was out on the mound it was against arkansas and that game went about as well as it could have what's going to happen here and uh, he gives up two runs in the first and two in the second and he finally settles in for a bit after that but not his best day on the mound 
no, yeah, that, no, that was a definitely nice not. Nitz talked a lot on the broadcast about how he was having trouble finding his fastball. Um, he he just wasn't putting it in the zone, especially in those first two innings. Just just a lot of missing missing the plate with that fastball, and he was really only able to get the breaking pitches over the plate. So a couple walks there in the in the first inning, you know, and and big innings for Tulane to start out, and it, it was something that. You know, gosh, we had allowed one run in our previous four games, uh, and and only what three hits to Tulane in two games. So it was kind of different to come out and and have Tulane up four to three after the second inning. Yeah, and those three runs were important. That first inning for Tech started off so well. It kind of felt like this game was also going to be a oh well, this is Tech's to lose again because Bates uh, takes a two strike, two out hit by pitch to get on base. Then still Netterville doubles him home, and then Garcia homers Netterville and himself home. And that's how Tech gets to those three runs to go 3 nothing before falling down 4-3, to three, and that score would hold all the way to the sixth inning, where Tech finally scores three and goes up 6-4. to four. And then it kind of goes back and forth for a bit in a way that, listening to ra- the radio broadcast on this one, I had trouble keeping track of what the score was and who was winning. Because Tulane scores one in the sixth and one in the eighth, but Tech also adds two in the eighth and the top of the eighth, and those two end up being the deciding runs where Tech wins eight to six. Just a back-and-forth seesaw kind of game. It felt like a basketball game. One team would score, then the other team would go down the court and score, except this is baseball and it's on a field. <laughs> right. My analogy makes sense, right? Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, Worf, again, not the best night from him, but the bullpen, yeah, I mean, Kyle Griffin comes in for an inning, no runs, no hits. That's great. Greg Martinez comes in. Allows a run on two hits, an, un- an unearned run. So, I mean, you can't really hold that to him. But the bottom of the ninth is where things get kind of dicey. Yeah, I mean, the ninth inning was about as, um, you know, nail-biting. I'm trying not to bite my nails, Matt, I promise. Stop. We got the first out really fast, and then uh, Gibson, this the starter from the old Miss game, you know, walks a guy and then gives up a single so we bring in Olette and I mean he he couldn't find he couldn't find the strike zone really. His first pitch, I think, was a wild pitch that advanced a runner to third. And then uh he was able to get a, a fly ball out to the shortstop. So luckily the it wasn't a sack fly. And then he walks another guy. So now I believe the bases are loaded. Yeah, the bases are loaded with us being up two runs at the bottom of the ninth with two outs, and I'm just like, oh my god, I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> and Tyler Fallis comes in and Fallis came in against LSU and that was not his best game, but he came in in a high leverage situation and kind of fell apart there yeah, where Nick, he couldn't find the strike zone. That line, and it was like, he's walked five batters and struck out one in four innings of play. And it's like, oh my God, Jesus Christ, please no. <laughs> yeah. And I, at this point, I'm thinking, does Fincher have like six more pitches in him? Let's get Fincher back out here and does finish he this game six, off. Six more pitches in him. Yeah. He's, he's got an ice wrap on his arm still. Yeah, he's got an ice wrap. Freaking... He's back there talking to his parents on the phone. <laughs> Just and now he's being a, hey, get back in here. Wearing like loafers instead of cleats. <laughs> Just... Yeah. But Fallis gets a ground ball that gets fielded by the shortstop, tossed over to the second base to get the force, and that ends the game. Yeah. And, and, but it, very I mean, excited it was, voice. So he. He throws a strike, gets two foul balls, so it's 0-2, and, and you're like, oh my god, he's going to strike him out, he's going to strike him out. Then he throws three straight balls to make it a full count. Got to make it interesting. 
Which yeah, I mean, got a lot to, of balls to throw those balls. <laughs> you're trying to get him to swing. I get it. You're trying to get him to swing at a bad pitch. I understand how baseball works, but it was just like Do you? me, me listening to this in traffic in Dallas, coming back home. Sounds dangerous. And I'm like gripping the steering wheel, and Catherine's like, "Are you going to kill us over this baseball game?" And I was like, "I might." <laughs> but in anyway. Dallas traffic. What a brave man. Yeah, gets gets the fielder's choice to end the game. Ray fields it and and gets the out at second base so tech holds on win four four games this week four and oh a couple of really good plays from this game though that excited me okay Um, one in particular that i saw we all like home runs everyone likes dingers everyone likes the the high profile plays but not to be the hipster here uh take that crown away from nathan uh but i like plays that are kind of under the uh, well I like plays that kind of fly under the radar that are just like, whoa, uh, holy crap. Like, so at one point towards the end of the game, our catcher Corona uh, threw a pit, a back pick to first base and that ball came yeah. out of his hand, like a Saturn five rocket. It was ridiculous. And I needed like Abraham Zapruder's camera to slow down the frame rate because th- this is a big brain reference here. No pun intended. That's not right. I'm sorry, Kennedy family. That's oh god. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> Matt! Come on, bud. <laughs> come, come on, Matt. <laughs> uh, my boy Jorge, I ain't got no Corona. Launched that ball to first base and got a a great back pick. And I just I love plays like that. So that oh, was yeah. like. That was my favorite play of the game. One thing I was curious about in the, was it the eighth inning? Game three, Tulane had a, a guy who got hit in the head with a ball. Ooh. But he, then they reviewed it, which, ah, uh, man. Oh, we should talk about that for a second. Yeah, reviews are bad. But let me let me get through this first. Apparently, all, all that Nitz could say was that he got hit in the head, and then they were reviewing it. And he thought they were reviewing it maybe <laughs> maybe the ball hit his hit his bat before it hit his head, in which case it would have been But then they ended up ruling him out, and Dave Nitz never really explained why, but I, I think from reading the Bleed Tech Blue forums after the game, it was they ruled that, much like um, Ben Brantley last week against Arkansas, they ruled that he like ducked into the ball on purpose, which is an yeah, automatic but who, but who ducks their head into the path of the ball? So I was curious if anybody saw it. Uh, because I, I I didn't see a replay of that on Twitter. So well, regardless of that though, who would put their f- head in the path of a pitch? They may not have meant to, but um, who accidentally puts their head in the fa- in the path? Yeah, of it, pitch? it just on the box score just says he struck out swinging. So huh. uh, I guess they ruled that it hit the bat first. It had to have been. Well, no, because it's not a strike ball that hits the bat. Oh, okay. Unless the catcher caught it. Oh, there's a replay of it. Oh, I don't think he. Did it on purpose? I mean, no, I don't think it's on purpose. He he nah. he ducked a pitch that he didn't have to duck, though. <laughs> I mean, that pitch confused the shit out of that guy. Wow! I felt like a Keanu Reeves and just ducked unnecessarily and got hit in the head. Oh man, it hit him right in the side of the head. Ooh! Ow. Hopefully, he was wearing a protective helmet. He was. Oh well, then he's all right. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get hit in the head to test if he was all right, but well, one way to find I, out. <laughs> I'd be like Happy Gilmore, jump into the fucking machine pitch and just take it. I mean, that might have been a strike if he just stood up. 
Yeah, it's it's a big break. Okay, well. All right, so before we preview this next week's matchup, we already talked about them a little bit, especially with Southern Miss coming up. What we forgot to do last week and what we should do this week is pick our players of the week because there were quite a few that we could pick from this week. Evan, you want to kind of kick us off there? Yeah, I wanted to give a shout-out to Adarius Myers for that throw he had, I believe, on Friday night um, to That's a, that was to, a good one. to get a runner at at home uh, to hold that you know shutout intact. And, I mean, he just came up. There was a, a sack fly situation, and he came up and just fired a laser, you know, just out of a cannon to home, perfectly placed for, uh, for Hasler to get the tag. And, you know, that's – not necessarily enough to give him player of the week, but that's, I just wanted to give a special shout out to that, um, to that moment there. So he's my player of the week. You got somebody, Matt? There are quite a few players to pick from to be quite frank. Uh, I think it's all too obvious to go with the pitcher, but I'll do it anyway. My boy, Jonathan, the pitcher Fincher. Nice. That that sounds about right. Can't, can't argue with that. Well, one hit complete game guys. Hard to top that. I'll go for an honorable mention here with Steel and Interval, six for 16, seven RBIs, and four doubles that on the week. That is very honorable <laughs> mention. <laughs> that, yeah. that is, I mean, honestly, he could, be, he could be the player of the fucking week. Yeah. Arguably, he should be, but instead, I'm giving mine to Cade Gibson. Yeah, he, he had that kind of issue against Tulane, but against Ole Miss, making your first start, you're from Ruston, you're pitching in Ruston, the Rebels are coming to town. Ryan Jennings probably should also be up for this. And and again, there's so many great performances this week, but that really kind of kept the momentum going after the Arkansas game where we didn't have a fourth starter to throw out there against Ole Miss. And he threw a hell of a game. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's also hard to pick when we go 4-0 against, you know, on the road at Tulane and beating the number four team in the nation. So there's a lot to choose from there. I, well, I would enjoy continuing to have the problem of, I have too many players to pick for player of the week. Right. Uh, yeah, definitely. I would love to continue this problem. You know, I just don't know who to pick, but <laughs> I've got to give a shout out to pitching. Hell of a job. Yeah. A lot to be happy about. And hopefully tech will continue that cheer as they play ULM again this week on Tuesday, and then Southern Miss in a four-game series, Friday, double really, Saturday, and Sunday. Really, really looking forward to them. Yes. Uh, we talked about ULM only a couple weeks ago, so I don't think it's worth talking that much about them right now. Nah. We uh, beat them 10-3 to in Monroe. This one is in Ruston. So. Fun row. Yeah, we beat them 10-3, to but it was a close game early on that ULM actually led for a couple of innings. Uh, but since that time, they traveled to Ole Miss for the weekend series last weekend and only got that one win, losing the first one 10-1. to Then uh, they beat number 11 Oklahoma State, really the biggest reason I wanted to talk about this. They beat RPI 18, uh, one of the polls, number 11 Oklahoma State. That's a huge one. They won by 7, 13-6. The same time we were beating Ole Miss, they were beating another ranked team. Yeah. And and then this weekend, they only took two of three from a 5-16 and Georgia State team. But that can, so, I mean, it just kind of goes to show you, though, the game of baseball – any team can beat anybody. I don't care if it's the number one team against the worst team. Yeah, you're right. Their RPI is 83, so they're still an above-average team going by RPI, which is hopefully getting more accurate as the season goes along. Again, Tech is up to number 10 in RPI, which is pretty good. Southern Miss is kind of somewhere in between the two, though. They're 58th in RPI. They're 12-6 and six on the year, but they just swept Missouri State at home. Not the best program, but a sweep's a sweep. 
but they'll play Alabama on Tuesday before Tech travels to Hattiesburg to take them on. Alabama has an RPI of five right now, by the way. So that might be an interesting game. Missouri State is in Springfield, Missouri. I thought you were just going to say Missouri. and <laughs> Well, Springfield is in Missouri. Just tell the Simpsons that. Yeah, looking at their, their batting report, though, when it comes to what players are the best, Charlie Fisher is really kind of the big bat to watch. An on-base percentage of over 50, over 500, so over 50% of the time he's reached base. 23% of the time he's stepped up to bat, he's gotten a hit. 31% of the time he stepped up to bat, he's gotten a walk. So nearly a third of the time he steps into the batter's box, he gets a walk, which is oh. pretty incredible. Yeah. When we're talking about pitching, though, their best starting pitcher so far this year is Walker Powell. Has an ERA of 1.29 over 28 innings. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but Ben Etheridge has a slightly worse ERA at 2.45, but has given up fewer home runs. Uh, they have some really nice relievers, though. Garrett Ramsey has a perfect ERA over six innings. And Tyler Lance and Justin Storm haven't pitched a lot, but they also have yet to give an up and earned run. And I guess one more, Ryan Auk, OCH, is another bullpen arm to watch from this Southern Miss team. Sounds like they have themselves a pretty well-rounded team over there. Yeah, there's a reason why they were picked to win the conference. Yeah, and, and it's also worth mentioning, I mean, the one thing that stands out to me on Southern Miss's schedule so far is that they swept ULL. Um, we obviously lost two midweek games to ULL, and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see you know, both of these teams are, are pretty hot and probably will be coming into this weekend. You know, Southern Miss has has won, what is that, five, eight of their last nine games coming in. And Tech is obviously on a currently on a five game win streak dating back to last Sunday. So, you know, it'll be interesting. Tech will be in the top 25 tomorrow when it comes out or yesterday when this episode comes out. So if I'm wrong, um, you can laugh at me on Twitter. But I think I think we'll be in the top 25 um, and you know, there will be a lot of attention on this series because it's the conference opener and it's two of the best teams, if not the two best teams in the conference playing each other to open things up. So, um, pretty exciting series. And I, I hope that tech can, I guess, I don't know. How do you determine who wins a four game series? I guess winning so, three out of four. Do you, do you have to win three out of four, I guess, to win the series or is Dude, it, would, no it would be a split math. series otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, Evan not knowing math is a trope of the show, though. So thank you for steering into that. Well, I would say if if we beat Southern Miss <laughs> twice on the road, I I think I count that as a win for us, I mean, right? I, I mean, it's a moral no. victory. It's it's. Yeah, I would be happy with that. Victory. Yeah, but I would be happy taking two of four games <laughs> nah. against a solid team on the road. No, fuck that. I want to fucking sweep. Matt doesn't. We're not losing again, baby. Let's go. All Can right, you all fucking right. imagine? Then, then, wait, 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 wait. Ooh. Then let's just go straight into predictions. Matt, are you predicting a sweep against Southern Miss? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I really uh, thought you were going to say absolutely. Absolutely not. My prediction is Tech will split this series, and we'll have to take the moral victory and deal with it. What about the ULM game? So we got oh, well, five games. No, Tech's Tech's going to beat ULM. Okay. So, oh, I guess three and two over the next five games. Okay, not bad, not bad. What do you think, Evan? Man, um, I think we beat ULM. He thinks, and mm, I just don't. I don't know. <laughs> I guess Cade Gibson will start one of the. Is he going to start the Tuesday game? You think, or how are we going to play this this week? I have no idea. I'm well, excited to text, find out. Let me text Coach Burrows real quick. 
Okay, okay. Because, I mean... He texted back, he has no idea either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was fast. (laughs) He just called me. He keeps going, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, I forgot about you. (laughs) But anyway, what do you think? Okay, so I think that our pitching is going to be a problem this weekend, and we'll take... We'll take one of the four games. Ah, that doesn't feel right. What? Though. That doesn't feel right. Now nah, we're we're gonna split. You're right, Matt. We're gonna split. We'll go three. You're fucking right, I am. Yeah, you're right, Nathan. What you got? ULM scared me last time we played them. We won that game by more than we probably should have, and it was closer throughout. And again, bullpen. It's kind of weird to come back in a game. That's not something I think Tech is built to do this year. I actually think we lose to ULM. Oh man. But then we sweep Southern Miss. <laughs> Oh right. yeah! <laughs> All right, I was like, I was like, man, I thought Nathan was gonna like bring us up from three and two, but and well, he did. You had me in the first half, not gonna lie. Yeah, first, first thing. I feel much better about weekend games than I do midweek, and which says a lot about that Ole Miss game. But I have no idea how pitching is going to work. And jokes yeah. aside, I really hope coaching staff does because I feel like there's a lot of just like <laughs> trying things and see what happens because you don't know. Who yeah. knew that Cade Gibson was going to give that performance against Ole Miss that he did? Yeah, I mean, Who you got to put at, at some point. You got to put guys on the mound and see what they do. Yeah, all right, and that's that's it for baseball. Then I guess we have a little bit of basketball to talk about, and we're, we're about to welcome to the show uh, a special guest. But we'll get to that in a second because first we need to recap this game against Ole Miss because that's right, we beat Ole Miss twice this week, once in baseball, once in basketball, and the basketball game was an interesting one. Just even just looking at this game graph. Uh, win percentage thing it's it's kind of insane how this game went yeah i mean it was a game of runs and luckily tech went on one to to win the game in the second half right i mean early on tech goes on a 12-2 run then Ole miss goes on a 12-2 run and ends up up by what is that seven at halftime yeah they were they were up 10 because they hit a they hit a buzzer beater yeah yeah yeah, you're right that Jarkel Joiner guy couldn't miss at the end of the uh, at the end of the first half. Yeah, but then Tech really couldn't miss in the second half from 18 minutes until 10 minutes left in that second half. There's that 20 to two run, and then Tech is up 49 to 41, and it's I guess more back and forth from there. Uh, Ole Miss kind of catches back up and is only down three at one point, but then Tech pulls away and wins this game by nine, 70 to 61. A game where I'm just happy we saw Kobe Williams play again. Honestly, it just it felt nice to see him yeah. learn how to play with one hand. Did yeah. he have a club on? No, he he had it was a little bit smaller of a wrap than last time we saw him. It I think his two fingers were were taped together and then he had like a wrist wrap to hold it in place, but he was definitely able to move his arm a little bit easier. Um and that really came into effect uh both Offensively, which was a surprise, he hit two wide open three pointers um, because Ole Miss was like, "He's not going to shoot. He he has one hand." <laughs> and then he he nailed two three pointers, which was cool to see because he's not really a, an outside threat to shoot in most games when he has two hands. But really, what impressed me the most was that he was still heavily involved on defense when he was in the game, and he played 14 minutes in that second half and had two steals. Um, and eight points in the second half. So really, really good to see him get involved, and I'm excited to see what he can do on Thursday against Western Kentucky, too. Yeah, I was also excited just to see Kenneth Lofton oh. you know, do basketball things again. Oh, my God, yeah. Lofton, I mean, he, he just went off in this game, and it was great after the last two games where the teams in the conference kind of figured out how to shut him down. 
Um, he plays 28 minutes, has 22 points and seven rebounds in this game, and um, probably would have had more, but he got in foul trouble late in the game, so he had to sit for a little bit. But uh, yeah, just a dominant performance from Lofton inside, and can't wait to watch him against Bassey again. You know, this this upcoming game is like. This old Miss yeah. game just just got me reinvigorated for basketball when I had already kind of turned the page to baseball season, you know. Also, shout out to Archibald. He had zero points in the first half, but had all 14 of his points in the second half when we needed him. So um, he played the entire second half as well, all 20 minutes. So, you know, great to see him get more involved since he's been called on to be the point guard. And, you know, again, we'll need him to be good against Western Kentucky if we want to have a chance to win. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess now it's time to preview Western Kentucky. And to do so, we're going to bring a special guest. We're going to welcome from the towel rack, uh, Jared, right? Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. So what's up, man? How's it going? You know, I mean, it's been pretty good. Just enjoying watching March Madness. We had a nice sunny day in Kentucky, but, you know, still living with the pain and agony of losing in the conference title game for the third time in a year. So, I mean, it is what it is. Hey, we as we as tech fans talk a lot about like having that bad luck and having like, you know, having heartbreaks, but I, we haven't lost three straight conference title games. So there's there's that at least, guys, we have we have one thing. Yeah, I don't who broke a mirror on campus or something like that. It's just been like seven years of bad luck ever since we've joined Conference USA for <laughs> men's basketball. I mean, sure, we got like the East Division title or whatever, but I mean, with our program and the history that we have, I mean, that's not enough. We want to get that actual conference. We want to get that automatic bid. I mean, hopefully we'll get it soon. That's been the one thing that's eluding us. I know we've gotten like 27 conference titles since we've joined in all sports, which is great. But, I mean, we're a basketball school at heart. I mean, we have a great history with basketball. So, um, we'll see. I mean, I'm still happy for the NIT and what we're doing now. I mean, it's great for our young players to be able to have this postseason experience. So, I, I'm really looking forward to this next matchup. Yeah. This upcoming, shoot, what day is it? Thursday? Yep. Yeah. Real professional organization we run here, right? Thursday night game. I think at like 10 Eastern or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to be late It's a late game. one. Mm. Yeah, Tech plays Western Kentucky for the third time this year. Kind of a rubber match. Yeah. See who takes the season series. Because when they played early in the year, Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky split their two-game series in Bowling Green. Tech losing the first one, 66-64, but then coming back and winning the second one by 5, 63-58. From our perspective, from the Tech perspective, it felt like these were both games that Tech could have won and, of course, could have lost, but they were close ones that made us feel pretty good about where we were in terms of how good our team was and our capabilities of winning that conference tournament championship. How did y'all feel after splitting that two-game series? You know, I mean, it was pretty much a mutual feeling. I mean, the same way you guys do, because... I mean, you guys gave us a good test. You were one of the few teams in conference that beat us and honestly, this was something that I called, too, is that I saw how good a team that you guys were at this time, too. Like, I was doing these weekly uh, State of Conference USA articles every Wednesday up until the conference tournament, just kind of talking about everything going on in the league. And then I was like, man, these guys are underrated because, I mean, UAB was, like, undefeated in the West at the time. Of course, like, North Texas, they were still one of the top teams. But I was like, you know, once they start playing these really good teams, I think that Louisiana Tech is going to move up towards the top of the West. And sure enough... I mean, you guys did. So that wasn't really something that surprised me because I saw how well that your team played when we played. And being able to split games with us was a pretty good thing because, I mean, 
Yeah, because we lost to Charlotte. We lost to Old Dominion as well. And, of course, uh, the other game I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. I mean, North Texas is playing as we speak, kind of getting yeah. the spoils of that one. So, yeah. But, I, I mean, back to back to our games for a minute. That first game, man, it really felt like it was back and forth the whole way. I mean, even just in the second half, if you look at the end of the play-by-play, it's just like, ah, oh, we come down and miss a three-pointer with 11 seconds left. And it's like, God, dude, like, that's the kind of stuff where, I mean, both teams are just like just like fighting it out at the end of a game. And, and you love to see it, but obviously you want to come up on the winning side of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of how we felt in that second game, too, is because we had that win in the first one. And, I mean, I can't remember what exactly happened, but I, I, you guys definitely got the best of us in that second game. And that's one of the things that's been so hard just in general for conference play this season is having to play the same team two nights in a row, which is something that you would never have happened beforehand without a COVID year happening. But, I mean, it was a good test. And I feel like it, if you played this series at seven games, we would be going into, like, a game seven to decide who would win best four out of three. I mean, it's that kind of – that's how evenly matched both of our teams are, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and one thing, too, that, that I kind of forgot about until I'm looking at this box score is the matchup between Charles Bassey and Andrew Gordon specifically was, like – I mean, it was like a it was like a brawl inside, and it was so fun mm-hmm. to watch those two guys go at it. And like, it's so funny to to me now looking at this because pretty much since this weekend series, Kenneth Lofton Jr. has been our our go to center, and Andrew Gordon even missed like the last I don't know eight games of conference play because of something we're not even sure, probably academically related. We don't know, um, but he's back now. But it's like I'm kind of excited to see how we play Bassey in this game on Thursday because Gordon did pretty well against him. I mean, he's still got his points, right? Like he's going to score and he's going to get rebounds, but like Gordon, it felt like to me kept Bassey from completely taking over the game and, and winning it for you. Right. That's, that's mm-hmm. what it like to me. What, what were your thoughts about that? Or do you even have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, just Kenneth Lofton Jr. in general, man, I've been really impressed with him. Like, I mean, he looks like in the face, like he definitely looks like a freshman, but he's got a grown man's body. Like this dude has been balling out for a freshman. Like if he, if you guys keep him for four years, he's going to be an extremely solid senior by the time oh, he's yeah. at his fourth year. I mean, so seeing what he's been able to do recently, just kind of taking over and stepping up a whole lot has been really big for you guys, especially for your inside presence with Gordon's absence. But yeah, I mean, just what you're saying, this is going to be a big matchup in the paint. I mean, Bassey's going to get his blocks. He's still going to be able to get some of his dunks probably. I mean, one issue he had that I was so frustrated with in the North Texas game is that he was on the perimeter too much. He was shooting a bunch of threes. I think he was like one of six shooting threes. And usually you don't want your big guy taking that many in a conference <laughs> title game. But, I mean, they Wait, were keeping ba- him out of Bassey the- took six threes? Yes, in that championship wow. game. Out of all, and of we the can't things. get Junior Lofton to shoot one. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want him to shoot one so bad. I mean, I don't really because that means <laughs> I don't know what I, that means, really, but <laughs> just yeah. I mean, you never know. I mean, 
Bassey has to learn to shoot threes if he wants to be a good high NBA draft pick, though. I mean, he's right. already a better three-point shooter than Giannis was when coming into the NBA at this point. And I feel like there's still, like, physically a lot of comparisons between the two. I mean, looking at their frame, both 6'11", both about 240-ish. Like, that's someone, like, athletically I've compared Bassey to. And he does play like him a little bit. But, I mean, he's already got a pretty good soft touch around the rim for the most part. But in that game against North Texas, they were just forcing him out of the paint. And, I mean, honestly, if you want to beat us, that's how you do it, is that you keep Bassey as far away from the rim as possible. You just hope he chucks up a bunch of threes and maybe makes just one or two of them. But if you can shut him out of the paint and just establish a good inside presence, then that's going to be your best keys to winning. Yeah, I'm curious, too, because for Tech – we hadn't really seen anybody shut down Junior Lofton really all all conference season. And then all of a sudden in the tournament, FAU and North Texas were both able to pretty much quiet him down. FAU completely shut him down and kept him out of the game just by double teaming him and bringing over that second defender late so that he couldn't just pass it out. So they kind of clogged the passing lane by bringing that second defender in later. And then uh, North Texas, I mean – you know, they, they play stouter defense than FAU does anyway, but a lot of that, at least from our perspective, was due to Kobe Williams being out um, and with the broken finger for us. So I'm curious to see if maybe Western Kentucky tries to adopt some of that, you know, double teaming Lofton inside because he's definitely going to be the guy at center. And I think Gordon may be brought in situationally, you know, to to try to try to stop Bassey at times. Yeah, and another thing, too, to think about is that Carson Williams isn't going to be playing in the NIT. He's decided to try the trout for the NFL and actually work for some pro day stuff. And so I don't think he's going to be coming back for this next game. He didn't play against St. Mary's. And I mean, the way for the NFL? Yeah, he's going to be trying to do the NFL. I don't know if he's trying to be a lineman or a tight end or something like that. But yeah, I mean, that completely took all of us by surprise. Did he play for y'all's football team? No, he didn't. (laughs) I mean, it's exactly what George Fant did. And uh, he may come back and play football next year. Because even though he's a senior, like he could come back wow. for another season. But I don't know if he would use that in football. It's such a weird situation. Wow. But it has happened. Like if you know George Fant, he was our best basketball player. He was a local guy, came in, started basically all four years at Western, was a, a tremendous forward that we had. And after he graduated his fourth year, like he actually stayed and was a redshirt senior and learned football as a tight end. He goes undrafted in the NFL, gets picked up by the Seahawks and is transformed into left tackle or right tackle or something like that. And he ended up starting games for them. And now he has a $13 million contract with the Jets. So, I mean, what? it's a crazy situation. Wow. But I mean, he's proven that you can do it as long as you have like the – Ability to learn all of those plays, be able to bulk up a little bit. Like Fant was like 260 maybe when he was playing basketball, and he's like 300-something now. So he had to bulk up a ton, and he's done it. He rose to the occasion, and now, I mean, he's got his money secured. (laughs) So I don't know if Williams is going to try to do the same kind of route. I'm interested to see if he's going to do football next year if he decides to stay on campus. But, I mean, it just completely took all of us by surprise. That's crazy, yeah. I mean, he – between between the two previous games, um, <clears throat> he scored ten points and had nine rebounds in y'all's win, and then he had uh, he had just five points and two rebounds in the loss. So I mean that's that's a significant chunk though. So you know that's something to look out for the difference there. 
and kind of weird to do that. I guess pro days are happening now, so you kind of have to do it now if you're going to do it. But yeah, um, weird to not wait until the season's over, I guess, to do that. So Carson Williams won't be playing. Charles Bassey, we know, will get talked about all game. No offense. Oh my but, god, uh, the freaking announcers <laughs> are going to just... I mean, shit, even during our conference games, they talked about Charles Bassey nonstop. Our conference uh, tournament games. It's like, bro, he's not even on this side of the bracket. Can we at least wait? You know, like... Uh, and they just, you know, they talked about him incessantly. And like every time we were on stadium or or CBS Sports Network during the regular season, it's like, okay, but we're playing Rice. Can we talk about what's happening on the court? And well, yeah, I, I, mean, and I, I understand it. that. I get I it. He's, he's the best player in our conference. I agree with that take. But it's just like, man, I'm so tired of hearing about this guy. Can he go to the NBA already, please? Yeah. I mean, your wish may come true pretty soon. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, good luck to him. Obviously, other than on Thursday, like I hope he does. I hope he gets shut down on Thursday, and then, you know, saves all his juice for the NBA Combine or whatever. But <laughs> and yeah, also tries out for the NFL because why not? But yeah, where I'm <laughs> going with that though was uh, who else on this roster should we watch though? Because again, we'll hear about Bassey, and we know that Carson Williams isn't playing. And I know Tavion Hollingsworth has hurt us in the past, but is there anyone we should really keep our eyes open for? Um, one person that could go either way is probably Davion McKnight. He's a freshman guard that we have. He was a Mr. Kentucky basketball out of Shelbyville here in Kentucky. Uh, he's had some good games. He looked really good against, he looked really good at the beginning of the year. And he looked really good. I think it was before the North Texas game. I can't remember who he played. Maybe UTSA. Yeah, I think it was a UTSA game. He went off and looked really, really good. So, but I mean, he's, he can be hit or miss. I mean, he's definitely a true freshman. He's had a lot of good moments, but he's had a lot of moments where he just struggled turning the ball over. And that's something you'll notice. I don't know if you noticed it the first time we played each other was just our issues handling the ball. Like, I think we averaged like 14 turnovers a game, which has still been one of the most infuriating things about this team to me is how we have like four seniors and all of this good talent, but yet we just can't hold on to the ball or pass the ball to save our life. But yeah. I don't know. Ken Palm has your uh, turnover percentage as 268th in the country. Yeah. Sounds about right. Dead last in the conference. Uh, But the good news for you is that Tech is 11th in the conference, 18.1%, whereas y'all's is 22.7. So it might be a pretty ugly game is (laughs) what we're we're looking at here. I've seen several. I don't think anything could be as bad as that North Texas game. I still (laughs) – no – they started off 17 to nothing in a basketball game. This isn't football. This is yeah. basketball. And the dumbest part about it is that we came back and had the lead. They scored 14 points in the second half, and yet they still forced it into overtime and we lost. Like There are so many crazy things that happened with this game Man. that should statistically be impossible for us to lose or that really win. sounds like I don't something know. tech would do just was, straight up like yeah i don't know if it's something that stansberry tells them or just what happens but it's just like as soon as <laughs> we get in the over. title game be like hey just do the stupidest thing that you can imagine that we can get grilled <laughs> for by national media like it was so it was so bad like i mean i love that i'm sure you guys follow them uh mid-major madness like, yeah. uh, they were keeping up with our account for that. <laughs> and we're sharing much weeds just about, like, how frustrating it was. But, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i happy for North Texas. They're securing the bag for the conference. But yet, at the same time, it's like when you're in middle school and you're dating somebody. 
and you're about to go to the dance with them and she ends up leaving you for somebody else. So you're at the dance alone and you see her and another guy dancing off on the floor <laughs> together. That's how I feel about North Oh Texas my gosh, man. The second round. That's how I feel just, right now. Just brought me right back. <laughs> Seventh grade, man. Just, I know. Uh, brutal. If tech sports hasn't emotionally stunned me enough, that'll do it. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, moving forward to this game in particular, though, because we've talked a little bit about the past two games that we played against against each other and kind of how we got to this round of the tournament. I'm kind of curious, do you think the last this game goes like the last two games where it's a close and down to the wire, less than six-point victory for one team or another? Or do you think something like Tech's best point guard being one-handed <laughs> for the foreseeable future not exactly helping the Bulldogs or, or somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it'll be another close game just because, I mean, we always have close games. We don't really know how to blow out anybody. I mean, the only team we really beat by double figures was just MTSU and FIU, and they're the cellar dwellers of the conference. So, I mean, as good as you guys are, I think it'll be a very close game. I think that ESPN has y'all having like a 60% chance of winning or somewhere around in that ballpark, which I think that's pretty fair. Because in our game against St. Mary's, I think we had a double digit through most of the game, but they still came back and they actually either tied it or took the lead. It's late in this game with maybe like one point, but we were able to, Allingsworth, he knocked down a pair of game-winning free throws. And then St. Mary's missed a bunch of free throws, and we ended up winning. But that game never should have been close. We fell asleep at the end. So that's something that y'all can keep an eye on, is that you may get down in a hole, but don't worry, because we'll probably end up <laughs> letting you guys get back into the game with about two minutes left, so don't get too stressed out about it. Yeah, I agree completely. I think it'll be you know no more than a five- to seven-point win either way, right? Um, yeah. it, these teams are pretty evenly matched, and... I think with Kobe Williams at 100%, I would feel a lot more comfortable. Um, but then again, with Kobe Williams at 100%, we may be talking about Tech playing Villanova right now instead of North Texas. So, I mean, maybe, right? That's how yeah. we feel anyway. Or it could have been us playing each other for the championship. I mean, yeah. that could have been the thing. <laughs> I mean, one of the biggest Tech factors is going to be Josh Anderson for us. Because he's kind of moving into the four with Williams not playing. I mean, I assume that Williams will be unavailable. I mean, that's what I've heard. But I mean, it just depends on how much you guys attack the paint is what we're really decide this game. And if you force us to shoot a bunch of threes, then that'll probably work in your favor. Like, unless Frampton is out there and he's actually hot and he's shooting maybe like four or five or something like that. I mean, that that's what could be an issue. Like him and Rawls are probably our best three-point shooters that we have. But, I mean, those those will be your keys to the game. It's just trying to shut down Bassey as much as you can. I mean, I've seen teams put, like, three or four guys on him in the paint before. And, I mean, it works. But, I mean, Bassey still finds ways to get to the rim. I mean, it takes him a little bit sometimes. I mean, he still is really young. And he's super talented. But, I mean, it's just as a whole. I wish that our ball movement was better. But I'm really interested to see how we match up for a third time, though. And especially with you guys having more healthy players, I think that it could be really solid again. Uh, but before we kind of wrap up this basketball talk, usually we'll make a final prediction. And with basketball, I think scores are so difficult to try to get right. But more, who do you think will win this game or who do you think will lose this game? Oh, God. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i still jaded after the past few games that we've had. I mean... 
Just heartbreak is all that we know. I mean, even when we beat St. Mary's, we still ended up letting them get back in the game and we should have put it away. So that kind of destroyed our confidence a little bit. But if I had to make a guess, I feel like that we will muster enough strength to maybe beat you guys like 69 to 67. Oh, dang, I was going to disagree, but you said y'all scored 69 points and I can't argue with that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've done that so many times this season, which is why I did that. Let me let me go next, Nathan, and I'll say um, Ken Palm has uh, Tech with a fifty six percent chance to win seventy one to sixty nine, and Massey gives Tech a fifty six percent chance to win sixty nine to sixty seven. So both of those are predicting a, a really close game, and you also predict a really close game. I will, I guess, fourth that um, and say that it'll be close. I man. Without Kobe Williams at full strength, I th- I think I gotta give the edge to Western, and I'm gonna say 65 to 62, and I'll say that um, Archibald misses a three to tie it up at the at the buzzer. Should have said 69. It, uh, somebody's got to score 69. I I, I promise <laughs> yeah. it'll happen. I'm sure it will. Well, hey, everybody else agrees so far, except for me. So it's okay. Yeah. I don't know why y'all are saying this game will be as close as it is. Someone will score 69 points. But just one one team's big is so much better than the other team's big. And, of course, Tech will win by 15. Oh, okay. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. If we have, like, 25 turnovers in the first half, that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest either. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, One last thing to do, though, is the tweet of the week. And you had a suggestion for us this week. Yes, I did. Just because it's March Madness. There's been so many great memes already from the first round games, which is beautiful. But there was one, it was from Josiah Johnson, and he posted the video. It's like a viral video or whatever. It's like reactions talking about Earl Roberts, what they did to Ohio State. And it was like that old guy. And he's like, somebody call an ambulance, call an ambulance, but not for me. (laughs) And I just love that so much. That's just a quality meme. And it's really funny, and that is what happened because that absolutely wrecked my bracket with Oral Roberts pulling the upset against Ohio State. But I am glad to see mid-majors be able to do big things in this tournament. But yeah, thank you so much for coming up on the show and uh, talking to Western Kentucky and, and letting us know about kind of how things are going over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. So where can people uh, where can people find you? And, you know, we highly recommend following these guys. They talk a lot about Western Kentucky, but they're also funny and hate ULL too. So it's true. They will always be Louisiana Lafayette forever. Yes. Always. We, we appreciate you that. You say that like it's controversial. <laughs> yeah, you are in a safe space to say that. <laughs> but where can people follow you guys on Twitter? Yeah, so just follow us at the Towerrack WKU. We're a very interactive account. I mean, tweet us random stuff. I mean, like, well, we love interactions, especially for my M game tweets that I'm going to be doing. I mean, I'm always posting some type of crazy stuff. So just hit us up. I mean, follow us. Just kind of keep up with your conference teammates and friends, conference buddies. I mean, there's been so many amazing people I've met through Twitter within the Conference USA realm, which is so awesome that there's so many supportive people that are like us for their teams. It's good to see that. So we'll see. I mean, looking forward to Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog where we have the baseball contest we do every week and also have some posts up every now and then. That's gtpdd.dog. That's dot D-O-G. And until next time, I'm Nathan. 
I'm Evan. I'm Jared. And go tech. Please don't die. my last name was wharf Why is it that? just it just sounds like a hell of a verb like hey babe you want to go get wharfed you know what i mean like like say like batten down your hatches at fisherman's wharf baby oh god like i don't know there's so many so many options i bet that guy has a a field day yeah i mean too late didn't really quite get wharfed the same way that arkansas was they did not